Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Today is the third Sunday in Easter. Not Christmas. Third Sunday in Easter. Often known as Good Shepherd Sunday. We don't get shepherds. Shepherds aren't really seen today. We don't really understand in many ways this concept of a shepherd shepherding sheep. It's something that we can imagine. It's something that we certainly focus on as Christians. And for many of us, it's a lovely image, but it really doesn't make sense. We don't think we need a shepherd in a lot of ways today. We're doing just fine by ourselves. How many different things do you look at for guidance and how many of those things do you look at and you judge and say whether or not those are good for me or not? You become the judge of how you want to lead your life. Get on Google, get on web pages, and people will tell you what web pages to look at or what not to look at. Go online, go on the television, and see all of the great leaders and speakers and how many of them do we gather around ourselves and meanwhile looking at the others and those who follow those people and reject them or think they're just silly? Think about that in terms of politics. Between the donkeys and the elephants, talk about more animals today. How many of us put a dividing line? How many of us look at them as our leaders and those who are going to guide us into maybe a better country? Look at yourself. How often do you rely on you and yourself? Me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity. How often do we look at what's sitting between our ears with our brain and have ourselves lead us where we think that we need to be going? And yet here today, you hear about the Good Shepherd. The book of Proverbs speaks about the danger of us going our own way. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but he who walks wisely will be delivered. James talks about this as well in the third chapter. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder, chaos, and every evil practice. Today, with our readings, specifically with our Old Testament and our Gospel reading, today is a situation where you really have to read the entire chapter of these readings. They really would be helpful. We like the image of a good shepherd taking us along the wispy trails to the lush pastures and the clear, cool water flowing along feeding us, calming us down, leading us gently. We like the idea of Ezekiel 34, the last part of the chapter we heard today, where God will seek us out. He will be the one who rescues us. We love the end of John chapter 10 today, where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. I will lay down my life for the sheep. The hired hand sees the wolf and flees. I am the good shepherd. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. 
I must find them as well. It's nice. It's in our paintings. It's in our stained glass. It's in all sorts of books that we have of Christianity. But if you read the entire chapter of John chapter 10 and Ezekiel 34, and I encourage you to do it, you even want to open up your Bibles, yeah, we can do that today in the pew. The beginning of those chapters are anything but wispy, serene, or comforting. The beginning of Ezekiel says this, Thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered all over the mountains on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with none to search or to seek them. That gives us a great idea of what we are like without the good shepherd. Not only is it us going our own way, but in many ways we are in great danger. Earlier in John 10, Jesus says this, All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The readings you have today with Ezekiel 34 and John 10 at the latter half are a nice, elegant song. Nice and serene, something you could easily fall asleep to, something that is pleasing music to your ears. The beginning of Ezekiel... And the beginning of John chapter 10 is a loud, blaring metal song with screeching vocals, wailing guitars, and a drum solo where the drummer literally destroys the set of drums. So which is it? Is it the vengeful God going after the shepherds seeking out the sheep? Or is it the good shepherd who seeks people out on his own, who goes out to lay down his life for them, and who restores them to green pastures and quiet streams? This is where you have to be very careful with a passage like this. This is where the sheep and the shepherd are divided. In Ezekiel 34 and John 10, in the beginnings of those readings, God is going against the shepherds who have abused the sheep. The Holy Scripture says that anyone who is a pastor, who is a shepherd, a teacher, a preacher in the church, will be held to a higher judgment than the rest of the flock. 
It's something that scares me to death. Because I do not live like a good under-shepherd of God. I have many of my own faults, many of my misgivings, many of the dark secrets that many of you would not want to know, just like you do as well. In Ezekiel 34 at the beginning and John chapter 10 in the beginning, God is going against the shepherds who have abused the sheep, who have not only just beaten them down, but have actually killed them to consume them, who have not only just sat there and consumed them, but also have taken their wool and have used it to clothe them, who have not only eaten them and been clothed by them, but also who have scattered them to the farthest realms in all of a world of danger. The latter portion deals with you, the sheep. God looks at you as sheep without a shepherd, and he says when the world fails you, when even the clergy fail you, when all of the things that you look for for guidance and fail, fail you, I will seek you out. I will bind you up from the wounds you have caused in your sins. I will rescue you. I will go to the farthest ravines and the highest of hills. I will seek you out and not only just seek you out to bring you back in, but I will lay down my life for you, the sheep. And this doesn't make any sense. No good shepherd is going to lay down his life for a bunch of dumb, stubborn sheep except for Christ, who does not deal with you harshly, like he talks about with the shepherds, who does not deal with condemning those who are thieves and robbers of the sheep. He is the one who seeks you out and leads you and me gently. Passages like Psalm 23, Ezekiel 20, 34, and John chapter 10 are for the sheep. So the sheep can be led back where the good shepherd wants them. But here is the key. It's not as if you and I wander away on our own and are healthy, happy, and full of life. All of these cases where the sheep are lost or have wandered away, find them beaten down, find them bloodied up, find them in the midst of chaos, darkness, and division. It's not as if we are hearing today, well, you can go your own way and seek things out. We might look at the world and say, it seems like things are going so well for those who are not in the church but deep down inside for those people, that is not the case. If you are against God and His gospel, if you are outside of this faith, you are at enmity with God. You are an enemy. You are hostile toward Him. And likewise, He will not make your life easy, no matter what you look like on the surface. That's why the Good Shepherd goes out, because you and I have been wounded. We've been broken, not only by the world, by others, but also by yourself. 
I mean, really, we are our own worst enemy. If you want to see who's done the most destruction in your life, just look in the mirror, just as I have to as well. But here's the thing as well. We don't get shepherds, and we don't get sheep. It's a very popular statement that people like to use today, and that is, what is your spirit animal? I don't get that. Some might talk about a unicorn. Some might talk about a panda bear, which is my favorite animal. Some might talk about floating birds and peaceful doves. But nobody really talks about cows or ox or donkeys, let alone sheep. We don't really get sheep. Not like people have them in their pets as their pets in their backyard. You don't see people walking sheep down the street. But if you go out to a sheep farm sometime and you look at sheep, they give us a great picture of us. Sheep are stinky. They smell of the things that sheep do. They are not white and pristine. They like to go their own way, being stubborn, but they also like to follow the popular crowd. Look up on YouTube a wonderful example of how sheep are with the shepherd. I don't know where it was, maybe in the Middle East or in Europe someplace. There is a video of a road where all the traffic is stopped as the shepherd is leading a bunch of sheep across the road, and he's standing there, and he's moving him along like this, and one of the sheep comes up and just bowls him over completely on the pavement. It's a violent knockdown. And as he gets up, another sheep comes along and just knocks him down again. That's really how we are towards our good shepherd. He who was sinless has taken on our own sin. There's even a video online of a woman who is on a farm sitting behind literally what looks like a large pile of dung. And as she's sitting there talking, she takes this pile of what looks like dung and lifts up the top of it, and there are two eyes it's a sheep, dirty, stinky, smelly, and she simply says, this sheep wants to simply see. They want to be cleaned up and sheared. The sheep pen is a perfect picture of the church. Yes, it provides us safety and assurance, but it's also like the church in that the sheep are filthy. We're dirty. We're smelly. We've gone our own way, and the sheep don't always get along. Sheep will beat down the weak ones. They will ram into each other and try to get their own way without being concerned with the rest of the sheep. This is why Scripture tells us all we like sheep have gone astray. 
But this is why the good shepherd Jesus has come for you, because he has had compassion on you, because you are sheep without a shepherd. As I mentioned to the kids a few moments ago, a veterinarian in North Carolina once told me that sheep have excellent hearing. God does not shepherd you today by giving you multiple steps to be more successful, to be more healthy or wealthy. God shepherds you and seeks you out by speaking to you. He has called you by name in the waters of holy baptism. He has called you into his holy family, the flock of God. He has given you the family name. He speaks that same name to you in forgiveness of all of your sins. He speaks his holy and infallible word, not to beat you down, not to make you feel threatened or guilty, but to forgive, to grant you grace, to grant you mercy and gentleness all the days of your life. He is also going to call you out by name from the grave something that we cannot avoid. But even in the midst of all of that, as he speaks to you, he feeds you. He has brought you to the waters, the clear, cool, brisk waters, the living waters of holy baptism, and here he feeds you in the presence of all of your enemies. Notice in Psalm 23 that God does not take you away from the enemies. He does not take you away from the darkness and the chaos, but he sits his table in the midst of it all that you might be fed. And not only that, as we like to say in our English language, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. The Hebrew literally says, goodness and mercy will pursue me all the days of my life. That's what the good shepherd does for you. His rod and his staff are not there to beat you, because you do a good job of that yourself, and the world adds on to it. He's there to guide you gently, calmly, and yet faithfully seeking you out in the worst situations that have been thrust upon you or that you have even done to yourself. Not to feel ashamed, not to feel guilty, not to feel unwanted or abandoned, but brought back by the Good Shepherd so that where He is, you might be also. So it's good to have a shepherd. It's good to look at ourselves as sheep. It may not be relevant to today's world, but who cares? It's also not rocket science. This is God in flesh and blood coming for you, coming to you, to restore, to bind up no matter what you have said or done or left undone, and to make you His, holy and fully, now and forever. The God of peace, through the blood of the eternal covenant, brought you back, brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep. May he equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him 
Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.